Hello, everyone. You're listening to Unlocking Greatness Podcast with Zendra Glass. Feel free to call me Z. I want to jump right into this because I feel a fire burning inside of me and, I, and, and it's hard to contain it. So I'm just going to get straight to the point. I want to talk about who are you? Who are you? And the reason I want to talk about this is I am not sure if we really understand who we are in the presence of God, who we really are in the spiritual realm, not in the physical, but in the spiritual. I want to start with a little brief story. When I was at my son's uh, gravesite again uh, this weekend, and I've done this many times, but I'm just now sharing this with you. I literally walk around this uh, waterfall area where he's buried. And I literally walk around and I have to talk to God and speak into existence who I am in the presence of God. It's almost as if I'm putting the enemy on notice of you think you've defeated me in this, but you have no idea who I am in the presence of God. And you've really messed up when you've come against me or when you've come against my family. Let me take this a step further. And I've never shared this. Uh, There are many, uh, Um, uh, burials in this humongous, humongous building uh, close to where my son's uh, body is. And um, um, I don't know if you call them crypts or whatever you call them, but it's this humongous building. And I thought it was hundreds of uh, bodies in there. Turns out it's actually thousands and thousands. I didn't realize there was so many levels to this building and so many floors. A few weeks ago, And again, I never shared this. I kept this private, but God has given me permission to talk about this now. I drove to that building. I walked inside. I didn't want to go inside because one, it was a little freaky to me to uh, go into a building where there's thousands of bodies, thousands of uh, what do you call them urns or I think that's the name Uh, and and um, beautiful you know put into marble walls and I mean it's just amazing how beautiful um, you know they've made this place but I didn't want to go in there was a little bit of fear that was there in me and God put me on a little experiment I walked up to that building and there were no cars in the parking lot so I thought surely the door is locked And of course, the doors open of all days. I walked in that building. I was on the first floor and there was something in me. There's like a fire. There was just something so spiritually strong inside of me that reminded me that I have nothing to fear, that God is with me. I almost felt in my spirit that and this is, this is not going to come across the right way. I, I don't think it's going to come out the way that I want to say it, but there's only one way I know of saying it. I almost felt as if I had a right to walk among the dead because my son is among the dead. Now, I know some of you are going to say, well, no, Z, you know, he's with Christ and, you know, your son is still living. I get that. I get that. I get that. But his physical body is in that area. So when I say uh, my son is among the dead, yes, I know uh, that my son rests with God. But I'm making a point that my son is no longer among the living. And I almost felt like I had a right to be there. So I'm in this building and God is walking with me and telling me, walk down this aisle. 
And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't want to do this. So imagine you're in this humongous, 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 I don't know, almost like a museum. It's huge. And imagine each time you walk, the, first of all, it's dark. So each time you walk, that's, that's the only time the room kind of lights up. So I'm walking and then the room lights up and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of um, caskets or, or, or crypts or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, some kind of way they're up into the walls. And then there's shelvings and shelvings and shelvings of urns and, and, and some families have reserved entire sections. I walk that floor and I went from section to section to section and I even had the audacity to sit down at one point. I knew that God was beginning to establish in me and I'm I'm going somewhere with this and I pray that it encourages you. So just follow me a second. I knew that God was establishing in me. I want you to know who you are. You're not going to fear anything among the living or the dead. You're not going to fear. You are my child. And I'm teaching you something. So I walked those floors And I went room from room to room to room. Finally, I found myself so far in the back. um, And I'm not going to lie, I was starting to get a little shaky, like, oh, my goodness, there's no one else in this humongous place. And I know I've gone through at least a thousand or so bodies. Just literally, I would just walk up to it, look at what's written on the uh, on the marble. I don't even know if you want to call it wall or whatever, or look at the urns or just stand there. And it was almost as if God was just with me. I I felt his presence was just like, you will not fear. I am establishing domain. I am establishing territory. You are not going to fear. And so I walked those floors and I'm all completely on the right side of this building. This is just how big it was. So after maybe, a, I don't know, I guess an hour, hour and a half, I had only walked maybe two or so floors of one side of the building. I found myself on, I don't know, let's say the third floor. I walk out this door and it's almost like it's a rooftop. I guess you can call it a, I don't even want to use the word patio because there's no place to sit and lounge, but it was just a rooftop area. So I don't know what got in my head, but I walked out of the door thinking, hmm, let me just see what's out here now. I didn't want to go again, a little bit of flutter in my spirit, just like, oh, it sounds like, no, 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 no. You're not going to be afraid of anything. You're going to walk it. And I walked out there on that, on that deck, I guess you can call it the rooftop of this humongous, humongous building, bigger than a museum. And I got locked out. So here I am on the top of the roof of some building that houses, in my mind, at least probably, I don't know, let's just say at least 10,000 or so bodies. Somehow, by the grace of God, (laughs) uh, I found a way to get down. Uh, I guess there were some sort of stairs that leads by all these statues, and they've got these beautiful statues. They've got, you know... Um, you know, statue of, you know, Jesus and the apostles and da, da, da. And I actually found a way to some kind of way walk down. But imagine being stuck on the roof. You have nothing with you and you're stuck on the roof of a building. There's no one, not a car in sight. So let me tell you this. Walk down, walk down those stairs. And honestly, I, at this point, I'm not afraid anymore because I know that God is with me. And again, I, I feel that I have a right to be there and I'm not going to fear. When I finally somehow made my way down, 
and around and all the way to the front of the building again to where I could see my car. My heart at that point started racing a little bit because I was like, oh, my goodness, what did I just go through? I was just here for hours. God, what are you? Who am I? What, what are you? What are you showing me? What are you telling me? And I get to the front of the building. I am really, to be quite honest at this point, trying to make a beeline for my car because that's when I really kind of uh, scanned the entire lot and saw that I'm the only car in this whole doggone place. Are you serious? I'm the only one here. I got to the front of that door getting ready to make a beeline for my car. And God tells me, now go back in and walk the other side. I knew I had to obey. I would be lying to you if I said I wanted to do it. But God was forming something inside of me. He was doing something. I said to myself, "Mm -mm, I won't be afraid. My Heavenly Father is with me. There's nothing that would be able to harm me. Nothing that can come against me unless my father allows his little hedge to be removed for a little bit. But he is with me. I walked my butt back in that building again and went ahead and did the other side. And when I finally came out of that place hours later and got to my car, when I sat in my car, and again, I've not shared this with anyone, not even my closest friends. I don't know why, but God is just putting in my spirit. Now is the time to talk about this. When I finally brought my butt out to the car and I sat in it, my heart was racing. And at the time, I didn't quite understand everything. But now I, I, I feel it more and I understand more. What God is showing me is you need to know who you are. You need to know who you are. Let me fast forward a little bit. And I have some scriptures I want to throw at you guys. And I pray that this helps. There was a situation that happened. And I, I, I've chosen, at least I'm listening, I feel, to the Spirit of God. I've chosen to not go into the details about a recent situation that happened. All I'll say is this. You all know that I lost my son just about four or so months ago. All I'll say is another situation happened. And I ended up back at the same hospital and of all of the rooms, walking into the same room that my son was at when he died. I broke down to the floor. And so, my God, you got me in the same spot. Lord, have mercy. What are you doing? What are you taking me through? And I won't even share the situation because God has not put in my heart to go into what happened. And I sat there and I literally just fell to the floor almost. And there's emergency room doctors and surgeons and people running around and trying to take care of the situation. And there's this lady carrying this card I think she was cleaning the room and I know she was an angel she saw me just falling apart for a moment crying out to God and she said you need to know that God is real he don't make mistakes 
He knows what he's doing. I kid you not, this lady said this to me. She's sitting there mopping the floor and doing her thing. And she says, you need to know your special God. God, God knows what he's doing. Something in me welled up inside of me. And then I recalled the story that I just told you about walking those floors of that building. And it was in that moment that I realized who I was and what God was doing. And I pray, Father in heaven, speak through me that my words of encouragement may encourage those who are going through similar things. I pray that this encourages you. In that moment, I stood up. And the doctors and surgeons are apologizing, like, uh, you know, because at that point, they, someone must have told them what happened. Oh, in fact, here's another piece to this. The same chaplain that was there um, uh, when my uh, son passed away happens to be the same chaplain that was standing at the door. My God. This was not a coincidence. I stood. And I told those doctors, oh, no, 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 you don't need to apologize about anything. Now I see what God is doing. He has brought me full circle to the same spot that I feared. I thought I would never walk in that hospital again, let alone the same room, let alone a similar circumstance. He took me full circle to deliver me to remove that fear away from me. And when I tell you how the presence of God stepped into that room, took over that situation, and that situation worked out fine, by the way, if you only knew it could have went so the opposite direction. Oh, my God. I I won't even share the details, but that situation took care of itself. But before I knew that situation was going to take care of itself, I stood there with such power Because it was almost like a light bulb moment that, oh, I am a child of God. His power lives inside of me. This situation is not what it seems to be. God had to take me full circle to show me that I need not be afraid among the living, nor among the dead. He empowered and strengthened me in such a way. I stood there in that room, and it was almost as if I got excited for a moment because I said to myself, my father is releasing the fear from me. There is no fear any longer. Whatever he allows to happen, I trust that he has it in his hands and he's in control, but I will not fear the enemy or what the enemy can do to me. The enemy will have no harm on me or my family or my loved ones. I will no longer live and walk in fear of what can happen. I cannot begin to tell you how serious that situation could have been. 
and how God stood there and put a steel rod in my back, a steel spiritual rod is what I'll say in my back and had me stand upright and know who the heck I am. So now I'm going to get into talking about what I want to talk about. I want you to know who you are. I believe the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems that we all have, sometimes myself included, which is why I'm talking about this, is we forget who we are and we forget the power that lives inside of us. We forget that Romans 8, let's turn to it. Romans 8 teaches us the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that lives inside of us. Turn to it real quick. Let me see. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Here we go. Romans. Turn to Romans 8. See, this can't be just a motivational talk because you listen to motivational people all the time. It ain't nothing wrong with motivating people. I'm all about that. But if you don't get some solid foundation and something inside of you to stand on, when you go through all these things in life that happens, every single time you'll be tossed and turned like the waves, just tossed and turned. That's why I know I'm talking a lot this time, you guys, but I got to let this fire out of me. That's why I don't always talk about what I'm going through or even share everything in my life with friends or other people. I can't even do it. And you want to know why? Because many times the responses I'll get is, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Man, I I know you just feel so bad. And half the time, yeah, I do go there. I have my moments where I feel like, whoa, it's me. But the vast majority of the time when God gives me that perspective, I'm good. In fact, I'm stronger. When I walked around my son's, uh, as I said before, there's like a he's in a beautiful area where he's. where he's laid to rest and there's waterfalls and gardens. It's just beautiful. It's like a, to me, a little paradise getaway. When I was walking around uh, this waterfall the other day, I was proclaiming and letting God know, thanking God, uh, I should say, and giving notice to the enemy that I am stronger. I'm stronger. Let me read this. I don't have notes and stuff all written down, but I'm praying that this helps you guys. Romans 8 teaches us. um, Let me just turn to it here. Look in Romans 8. And I guess you can just start in, I don't know. I don't know. Verse 33, let's just say. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Say that again. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Check this out. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He intercedes for us. Stay in. And that was Romans uh, eight. Stay in Romans eight and look in verse uh, 11. And the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in who? Who is living in you? Read your Bible if you don't believe me. Romans 8, verse 11, in the spirit. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So you mean telling me the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of me? And I have the audacity to walk around in fear? 
or be afraid of what some man can do to me or afraid of the, of the spiritual realm or what can happen. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. Mm-mm. We're going to talk about who we are in Christ and we're going to we're, we're, we're going to we're going to break some things today. So I'm going to keep this going. I don't care how long this podcast is today. If it's too long for you, chop it up in pieces and listen to five minutes at a time, whatever works for you. But I got to let this fire out of me because I'm trying to encourage you. Remember in Genesis one, when 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 God um, um, uh, discusses or talks about with Adam and how he's given man dominion over the earth, dominion over the animals and the birds and all of that. I don't think that we really walk around knowing the power that we have. I, I, I really don't. I think that I, I think we think things just kind of come our way and, and, and we don't really understand that in the spiritual. We can in the spiritual go before God and cause things to happen. We can in the spiritual launch that attack in the spiritual. Remember when the Bible teaches us about, and I'm going to turn to Psalms 91 in a minute, but everything is just flowing in my head right now. Is it 2 Corinthians 10 that talks about the divine power we have? Because we don't fight with the weapons of this world. Turn to 2 Corinthians 10 real quick. I'm going to take my time with this. I'm not going to allow myself to be rushed. My hands are shaking because the revelation that God has given me and the authority that he's put inside of me is so strong. I'm trying to push it through this podcast and push it into this camera so that you, whoever listening, can wake up and get it. You don't need to be afraid of anything that comes against you. None of it. All of it has a purpose. And you're not going to keep walking in fear or walking around not, not, not sure of who you are. You are a royal priesthood. Do you remember? Look, just follow me, you guys. Is it First Peter 2, 9 and 10 that says you are a chosen people? Go look it up for yourself. First Peter 2, yeah, verse 9 and 10. You are a chosen people. A, a, what does it say? A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Remember that passage? And then it goes on to talk about um, um, declaring the praises of him who brought us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people of God, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have. Read First Peter 2, 9 and 10. We have what I call kingship. I forgot about it. That's why I'm speaking with conviction, because I forgot. That's why God had my butt walking around that huge, humongous museum-type place with thousands and thousands of bodies. He was reminding me of that kingship that's inside of me. He dwells inside of me. There is no place in there for fear, no matter what happens in my life. No matter what happens. There's a kingship. I just wonder how would the world be if we all knew that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, that we are kingship. 
How differently would we live if we really believe that? What was I turning to? Was it Second Corinthians? Uh, I was going somewhere with this. I think it was Second Corinthians chapter 10. Let's just look and see what's there. I think that's where I was reading. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Oh, yeah, the weapons we fight with. In verse four, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Well, that's interesting because most of us fight with the weapons of the world. See what the Apostle Paul is saying. I think it was the Apostle Paul that wrote Second Corinthians. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Interesting. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. You mean the Bible is telling us that the weapons we fight with have divine power? to demolish strongholds that same power that rose Christ from the dead that lives in us has divine power when you want to tap into that divine power to demolish strongholds do you really believe that because if you believe it you gotta live it that don't mean we don't get tired that don't mean we don't get afraid I've talked about that in other podcasts and I'm not even putting you down, to be quite honest with you. I'm just speaking from little old me, from my little convictions and what God has brought me through and how grateful I am. I'm on a mission to learn who I am in the sight of Christ. Who am I? Who am I really? Who are you? Do you know who you are? So I'm going to read it again. Weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. My God. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And then it goes on to say, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Which reminds me of something. I was going to do a podcast a while back and I just couldn't get it out of, I couldn't get it quite right. I had all of these stickers and I'm, I'm holding a few up um, for those who are listening to the podcast if you're able to go to my YouTube channel and watch the video, you'll see these stickers I'm holding up. And I have, oh my goodness, a lot of these stickers all over the place that I put together. And these are uh, some of the, the, the thoughts that we walk around with that I feel that the enemy easily sticks on us. And when we don't know who we are in Christ, it sticks. When we don't know who we are, we feel worried and anxious about mess all the time. When we, when we don't realize that the Holy Spirit, what does John tell us in, in verse chapter 14, John 14? Y'all got to bear with me because I'm just flying with this. I hope it makes sense. John 14, isn't that where uh, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is a counselor? Here we go. Look in John, Lord, my Bible. Look in John chapter 14 uh, in verse uh, 25. All this I've spoken while still with you, but... The counselor. Hmm. Who's the counselor? The Holy Spirit. Who's that? Hmm. Whom the Father will send in my name. This is Jesus speaking. Will teach you all things. And remind you. Sometimes we just need to be reminded. Oh, Jesus. The counselor will remind you of everything I've said to you. 
peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let's back up with that in verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Let that soak in a second while I hold up some of these signs. The counselor, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Remember Jesus says, I'm going to leave my spirit. My spirit is going to be in you. The counselor tells us when we're worried and anxious, cast all our anxieties on him. Don't worry about that. Read 1 Peter 5, 7 about that. The counselor tells us when we feel like I can't make it on my own. You know, see that? Read Deuteronomy 31. See what the Bible teaches about that. When we feel like we've messed up too much, you know? See, the, the, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, if I can just be so frank, will try to tell you, you you've messed up too much. God can't do much, much with you. You've messed up too much. But then the counsel of the Holy Spirit comes along and says, no, 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 no. Let me remind her of Romans 3.23. All sin and fall short. I actually wrote a scripture on the back of this one. Um, how uh, in Isaiah 45.2, in Isaiah 42, uh, I think it's verse 16, how he's able to make our quick road straight and level our paths. You know, listen to that. The counsel of the Holy Spirit reminds us not being afraid or fearful. Look at that. I'm going to read a passage on that in a minute. I'm going to read Psalm 91. Look at this one that says, God won't bless me. That's another thing that we walk around and let it stick to us because we feel that we've messed up so much. But then the counsel of the Holy Spirit said, wait a minute. Who, who won't give good gifts to their kids when they ask? If they ask for a fish, I'm not going to give them a snake. You see what I'm saying? The counselor. But when you feel alone. I just read a passage on that, how, how Jesus says his spirit is with us. You know, here's another one. It says, uh, uh, this one says, I'm not strong enough. Well, yeah, you are. We just read a passage that says that we have divine power to demolish all strongholds, anything that sets itself up against us. Here's one or two more. If you're feeling defeated, if you feel like, you know, what is this one? Um, you don't have faith that something will work out. The counselor said, well, wait a minute. Go to Psalm 91 and be reminded of what I put in David's heart. So let's go to Psalm 91 real quick. I know there's a lot of passages, but I'm on a mission right now, not only of knowing who I am in Christ and fully understanding that, but making sure whatever I get, I'm going to share it with you. Psalm 91. Hold on, let me get to Psalm 91. I'm, I'm already in Psalm and I'm up here looking for Psalm. No wonder I couldn't find it. Psalm 91. My God. The enemy has really messed up when he came against me. And he's messing up when he comes against you. Because it's making us stronger. Psalm 91. Just just listen. Let let this just speak to your spirit. I'm just going to jump around it a little bit. Maybe I should read the whole thing. You know what? I'm not rushing for anybody. And if this is too much to hear 
As I said before, pause the video and just come back whenever you're ready. But for those who truly want some meat and for those who've been going through some mess and those who need the encouragement to be reminded of who the heck they are so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme, you may want to hear this. Psalm 91. I'm going to read it all. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Check this out. Verse five. You will not fear the terror of the night. Nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right, but none of it will come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high your dwelling, come on, God. Woo, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. When was the last time you prayed to God and said, Lord, command your angels concerning me to guard me. Command your angels to stand over and watch over my children. Command your angels to never be off duty and stand around my house. Stand on the roof of my house and at the door and at every window. Command your angels to not be lazy. Command your angels to be strong. Command your angels to fight, to deliver your messages. That's another subject just coming to my mind. When was the last time you prayed like that? Anyway, verse 11, for he will command your angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you would not strike your foot against a stone. My God, that's so powerful. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me. Come on, God. Come on, Holy Spirit. I'm your vessel. Speak through me. I'm your servant. Speak through me. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's one of the most powerful Psalms. It says, because he loves me. Just because he loves me. Just because he loves me. And he acknowledges my name. I'm going to rescue him. Just because she loves me. Just because you love them. Don't mean you're perfect. We already talked about that. Go look at one of my, listen to one of my podcasts about God uses messed up people. Just about everybody in the Bible messed up big time. God still used them. But just because you love them, just because you acknowledge his name. You got to know who you are. 
got to know who you are. The only way that I believe we can truly win this battle is digging into the scriptures and knowing who the heck you are in Christ. And I can't know who I am if I'm not reading his word to know who he is. Turn to Luke chapter four real quick. And and, uh, Mark five, let's look at Luke four, Mark five. I just want to give two examples and then I'm going to close it out of who Jesus was. I think it's Luke four. Because you got to know how the devil trembles in his presence. I probably should have started with this because this to me is one of the most powerful pieces to the whole thing I want to talk about. You got to know how the devil trembles in his presence. Let me see. Matthew, Mark, Luke. All these years I read my Bible, I still have to say the chapters out loud to find it. So Luke chapter 4. Or is it Luke 5? Give me a second here. Luke, 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 Luke. Where are you at? Luke chapter 4. Do you know that evil spirits, demons, demonic forces, do you know that they tremble in the presence of God? I want to go so deep with this, and I don't know how far to take this. You guys really need to look up who Satan was. He was just an angel that masqueraded as an angel of light that was kicked out of heaven. God didn't even have to get off his throne to kick him out. He just had one of his angels take care of him. That's how powerful he is. Let that marinate for a moment. No wonder God had me walk in those halls. I have nothing to fear, neither do you. And let's find out why. In Luke chapter 4, I want you to read the story about Jesus drives out an evil spirit. I wasn't planning on reading all this through, but we're going to do it anyway. So Luke chapter 4, verse 31 says, Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath began to teach the people. We're talking about Jesus now. They were amazed at his teachings because his message had authority. Authority. Just like you have the authority in your life. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Hmm. So they knew that he can destroy him. The spirit said to Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? So hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead and the same spirit that made these demons tremble with fear lives inside of me, then who the heck am I? What am I supposed to be afraid of? Let me just keep going before I take this in another direction. Have you come to destroy us? They said, this is them talking to Jesus. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Hmm. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. I just love that. Jesus didn't even have a conversation. He just said what he had to say and kept it moving. Be quiet. Jesus said sternly, come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down uh, before them all and uh, came out without injuring him. And all the people were amazed and said to each other, what is this teaching? 
with authority and power, he gives orders to evil spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding areas. Let's turn over to Mark 5 before I close this out. I'm just marinate on that one, what we just read. You know, Jesus silenced them because his time had not yet come. So keep that in mind. So he said, be quiet. Time ain't come yet. I got things to do. And he just told the spirits, come out of him. Boom. They had to obey. They had to submit because of the authority. Because of the authority and the power in who Jesus was. My God, if we only knew that power was inside of us. Matthew, let's go to Mark. That was another one in Matthew I was going to read, but I'm just going to go to Mark. Uh, what is it? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So go to Matthew, Mark. Go to Mark chapter 5. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Mm-mm-mm. Mark chapter 5, the healing of a demon-possessed man. This is a good one. We're going to read this through. Uh, I'm going to read verse, uh, I don't know. I just stop when I'm ready to stop reading. But anyway, Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 5. They went, they went across the lake to the region of um, Gerasene. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Okay, here we go again. Man, evil spirit, uh-uh, kind of scary, right? This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus, stay with me, you guys, come on. When he saw Jesus, in other words, when he recognized the authority that was before him. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus has said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. It's the spirits talking at this point, so catch this. And he begged begged as in pleaded with as in knew who had the freaking authority begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside the demons begged Jesus send us among the pigs allow us to go into them he gave them permission and the evil spirits went out and went into the pigs Then the herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Then it goes on to talk about people reported this throughout the countryside, and they actually pled with Jesus to leave the region after that happens. you got to realize that's how they made their money, so he just pretty much got rid of all of their cash. But anyway, that's another subject in terms of why they pleaded with him to leave, Um, you know, and, and that's sort of debatable. But the premise of the story is Jesus knew who he was. And I would dare say even just as important, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms knew who he was. So just imagine for a moment if you get just a glimpse of who you are. Who are you? 
Who are you? Who are you? Let me say, with Z, I struggle a lot with sin. There's just so much going on in my life. Da, 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 da. I get it. I get it. You, I get it. You can read Romans 7, I think in verse 14 or so on that one. I think it was the Apostle Paul. I think it was Paul that just says, hey, you know, I struggle with sin as well. He's like, hey, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I keep on doing. But he says, hey, but thanks, thanks be unto God, you know, that Christ saves me. We all mess up. So stop, stop listening to those notes, you know, those, those, those uh, you know, stickers that the enemy tries to throw at us. I definitely uh, could easily go there. Oh, my goodness, I just lost my son, and now this situation just happened, and da-da-da-da-da. Come on. Mm-mm. 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 Nope. If God allowed it to happen, I'm going to trust. I told God last night, search me and see if there's any offensive way in me. Search me. See if there's anything in me that's offensive. Because my desire in my heart is to do your will in my life. But God, you got to show me who I am so that I won't be afraid of what man can do or what anything in the spiritual can be done. And that's why I chose to share with you all very personal, very, very personal story about walking through that museum type place with thousands and thousands and thousands and that's not exaggerating of bodies and being in that place by myself God was establishing me and showing me you do not need to fear among the living or the dead and he's telling you the same thing that same power lives inside of you when I went full circle and ended up back in that, that hospital room, you think it's by coincidence I ended up in the same room that my son was in? No. No. But I know the power that lives inside of me. And I know that God is allowing this to work together for his good. And when I tell you that I'm a changed woman, just in the past four months, even since my son has passed away. And, and you guys know I went through my lows and my highs. You remember when I, I mean, listened to a few of the podcasts right after he died. I was having a moment. You know that. But when I tell you the growth that God is doing inside of me because he's showing me who I am in his presence. I just want you guys to, to, to meditate on this, to soak on this. I don't even want to call it a lesson. It's really just my testimony. I want you to no longer fear. Let me, forget me, forget me. God does not want you to fear. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, good or bad, whatever the situations may be, I want you to approach that situation with God by your side. Go back full circle and take him with you and see what he says. See what he says to you. As he said to me in that hospital room, I bought you back here for a reason. I need you to not fear what man can do. I need you to come back to this same place and establish authority. No one and nothing can sneak up on you. And I believe God is just beginning with me and with you. So. I pray that this has encouraged you. 
I can barely remember the title I gave this. I think I called it, Who Are You? I want to gently encourage you, please dive into your scriptures. Uh, Spend time in prayer. Even if you don't know what to pray, sometimes I don't know what to pray, but remember the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Wasn't that in Romans 8 when we read that? The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He intercedes. Sometimes I tell the Holy Spirit, I did this the other night. I said, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be praying. And sometimes I say, Jesus, I just need you to pray for me. Holy Spirit, pray for me. I know that sounds odd to tell, to ask Jesus to pray for us, but so what? It may sound odd to you. It don't sound odd to me. Sometimes I just say, Jesus, please pray for me right now. Holy Spirit, please manifest yourself inside of me. Give me the wisdom that you've heard. Show me what I need to do. Show me what I don't need to do. Speak for me. Intercede for me with words and groans that my words cannot express. Go before God and fight this battle in the spiritual. Do not walk around as a, I I don't want to use the word as a baby Christian. I'll say, do not walk around without knowing the power that you have inside of you. Let's all be in prayer for each other that God continues to show us who we are in his presence so that no matter what happens in life, there's a situation, gosh, things come to mind and I don't want to go into too much detail about it, Um, but you all know that uh, I've been in business for many years, Uh, but a situation happened, a major, 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 major client, uh, new account uh, coming in and a little curveball was thrown And I just remember speaking so confidently and just saying, um, uh, if God has given this to me, no devil in hell can take it away. I remember doing a presentation with probably one of the largest corporations in the in the United States uh, to secure an account for my company. And I remember before I walked into the room, I know I'm drifting, but just follow me a second. I remember before I walked into the room. Um, the person at the door said to me, uh, I don't want you to be afraid. Don't be intimidated by what you're about to see when you walk in here. And this company was so huge when you walked into their um, room to do your presentation. Uh, oh, my gosh. It was literally almost like movie screens all the way down the aisle on both sides, just screens and screens and screens. All of the executives, directors, VPs, you, you name it, the, 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 the stakeholders. I mean, it was just massive. And then imagine all your competition there. And they're in these big teams. You know, they've got their briefcases. They just got off their flights. And you're coming up against some of the biggest and largest agencies known. And then there's little old me walking in the door. I didn't have many of my employees with me. It was just me. And I remember when I stood at that door. This is a true story. I don't even know why I'm sharing this now, but it just came to me. And I'm going against all this competition. And they're only going to bring on maybe one or two firms out of the hundreds that they were uh, having presentations with. And I remember before I walked in, the young lady at the door said to me, I guess because she saw me just by myself, and I was one of the last people to present. She says, "Uh, I don't want you to be intimidated. Don't be afraid when 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 I open the door. It's a big room, a lot of people. All the major executives are here, but I don't want you to be afraid of anything. You got this. And I looked at her and I said, oh, I'm not afraid at all. I said, what God has for me, can't nobody take away. Now, what they don't know, I had already prayed and driven around that company several times on a couple of different occasions, 
praying and asking God to deliver that account into my hands. I said, Father, if this is for me, if this is going to be prosperous for my company, which I want to talk about prosperity in a minute too, but I said, Lord, if this is going to be prosperous for my company and this company is going to be a blessing and not a curse, may you deliver it unto me. And what she didn't know is I had already done that. So it was already done. So when I walked my little butt in there and I saw all the executives and all the big shots and the big screens and that, I was very comfortable. In fact, I didn't even stand at the podium. I literally walked the floor making face-to-face contact with everybody, sharing with them about why my services, why you, you know, my company and what we're about and how we support kids who are victims of human trafficking and kids with chronic medical conditions, what my company is about. I don't even know if you guys know that about me. That's another subject. But anyway, uh, just what, my, what, what makes my agency stand apart and so different. And by the time I was done, the the director of the entire facility walked me uh, out of the door, down the stairs and out of the building, which was a very long walk. And he said, you are exactly what we've been looking for all these years. And, and we end up getting the account. Anyway, my point that I have that I'm saying is that walked in with the authority and with the power of Christ, because I knew that if he had it for me, can a devil in hell couldn't take it away. And I don't care how many multi-million dollar agencies I was up against. Didn't matter because if God says something is for you, it's for you. So you don't have to walk around crying, worrying, being stressed out. Am I going to make it? What are you going to do? Da, da, da. Mm. My suggestion is to spend that time in the presence of God. Spend that time in his presence. Prosperity always follows the purpose the provisions come after the purpose. You put God's plan first in your life, whatever he's told you to do, and let him worry about how he's going to fund it. Let him worry about that. The provisions come after. And the problem is many of us are, fa- are, 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 are focusing on the provision. How are we going to make it? What are we going to do? And I understand, don't get me wrong, I'm not minimizing having bills to pay, kids to take care of, and this and that. I'm not minimizing that. Go back and read some of my stories when my family was homeless. I get it. We ate out of shelters. I know what powdered milk and powdered eggs taste like. My family grew up on welfare. I get it. But I'm here as a living witness to tell you, when the power of God is involved and you know who you are in him, and you're following the purpose that he set forth to you in your life, and you're following what he told you to do, he's going to make the provisions along the way. And there's some stories I wish I had time to get into to read about when God signed out. I think it was, was it about 72 men? And he signed them out two by two. And now he basically had them go with nothing and say, hey, I'm going to provide as you go along. This is how God works. Anyway, I love you all. I'm drifting into a whole nother lesson that I wasn't planning on going into. The title of this one was, Who Are You? My challenge is find out who you are in Christ. Some of my closest friends know that I'm known for saying this statement. I'm a dangerous person when I've spent a lot of time in the presence of my father. When I've spent a lot of time in his presence, I'm a dangerous person because no devil in hell can stop me. No negativity can deter me. No circumstance in life can stop me. Even the death of my son. I want to encourage you to spend time with your father and know who the heck you are in his presence so that we can begin to pray in the spiritual and have God command his angels concerning us to fight on our behalf. I love you all. 
this was a stronger lesson today, but I'm just pouring my heart and sharing with you all what I'm going through, what I'm learning and how God is moving so beautifully in my life. So beautifully, even through all the trials and what he's doing. So I pray that you are greatly encouraged. I love you all. This is Z with Unlocking Greatness podcast. Bye bye.